Hello and welcome to Northeast Christian Church online service. We are so happy to have you with us. Please be sure to follow NECC on all social media platforms. And to listen to all our past messages, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Thank you and enjoy the rest of the service. Pastor Thomas. Good morning, everybody. Uh, just a, a point of expansion to what Pastor Thomas said. Uh, right now, we've been trying for a while to see how we could do something on UMass Lowell, and I get this email recently that, that Clara, who is um, Boaz's significant other, a.k.a. Boo, and... Uh, <laughs> She is, she is praying and activating how that can work. And so we're going to get behind that 100%. And uh, it, you just don't even know. We've tried so many different angles to do that, and it hasn't worked. And here, the Lord's using you. So we're just really grateful for you. Amen? All right. I fly out for Israel on Monday. And all I have to say to all of you when the plane's taken off is, Bye, Felicia. I'm going to be sailing into my second home. And uh, it's going to be great. But before I took off, I really feel that it's so amazing how everything from music to Dylan's communion statements line up with what I believe God needs you to hear for your, your own personal life today. And that is simply this, together faith, together faith. So I'm going to pray that God would touch my words uh, that we, he would bless his word. That's what he, he does. It's, it's, you don't need a bunch of alliterations and a bunch of witty ideas from me. We need to hear what God's truth means to us because there's power in the word of God and there's power in the spirit of God when they come together. And that's my prayer for us this morning, that God would put feet to the street of your life so that when you leave here, this truth is going to echo through this week, this month, and this year as a theme for your life so that you can walk for Christ. Amen. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I just ask you to speak through me. We didn't come here to hear a man. We came here to hear from God, and that comes through your word. So, Lord, we honor your word. You say you honor your word above your own name, your own reputation. And so, God, be, let the power of the word be felt here, online, and even in future recordings when people are reading this and hearing this, that you would make them laugh, make them cry, Make them feel free. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 5. Uh, I, there's no secret about it. Luke's my favorite gospel, hands down. And uh, if you look at the opening that Pastor Dylan uh, preached on, he writes to Theophilus and he says, I've sat down to write an orderly account. Luke is writing to Gentiles and he puts that in there because if you didn't word a book of history properly and structure it the way the, the Gentiles structured it, they instantly threw it out as myths. So they would look at Jesus as if he was Achilles or Hercules or Thor. And they would just, they would just say, okay, this is just myths and this is, you know, but he goes out of his way. He says, I want you to write an orderly account of the things that happened. So the way that Luke arranges his gospel is, is solid chronological. That's his objective and historical. So he's sticking to the facts. And we talked about how when he was in 
Caesarea, when Paul was in prison for two years, Luke was not a disciple of Jesus. He was a, he was a, a partner with Paul in ministry. He was a medical doctor, and Paul gets arrested. He's in prison for two years, and he says, why waste the time? So what does he do? He sits down. He goes to Jerusalem, and he sits with the apostles. He sits with Mary. This is one of the reasons why Matthew, who is one of the, the apostles, Levi, uh, has the account of Jesus' birth, but also why Luke has it is that he's getting these things right directly from Mary's mouth, saying, how did the birth of Jesus happen? And he's hearing things. Uh, how many of you, your parents ever tell a story about you when you were born and when you were a kid and what was going on? You're like, I was clueless, you know? And so Mary's giving him these intimate, it's beautiful. Luke might have thought that his number one work was traveling around planting churches when it was actually when he was on hold sitting in Caesarea, writing the book of Luke's and writing the book of Acts. Sometimes the most important aspect of your life is not the part that you think it is for eternity. It's actually when you're in holding. And that's why when you find yourself in a dead end, you find yourself in a dry place, that's when you should offer that place and space up to God and say, Lord, do something with my life extraordinary that goes beyond my life here. And I'm just simply going to be your child in this time, and do something with my life. So many times we get in those dry places and we say, oh gosh, Lord, get me out of here. We spend our whole life waiting for something to end and something else to begin, and all we're doing is chasing. It's almost like reading through a book, running to the chapter titles and not letting the story unfold. Wherever you're at in your life right now, you're not there by accident. Whatever pressures are bearing on you, God's using that to strengthen you and you're not defective, you're designed, God has a plan for your life. But more importantly than that, Jesus is so willing to help you, to heal you, to hope you in your hopelessness. So look with me real quick. I'm going to read a story right before I read the actual story I want to share with you, and it's Jesus cleanses a leper, and then the other is Jesus heals a paralytic. I want to talk about the paralytic, but Luke is very intentional in the way that he writes and that he drops hints. And in this first miracle, it starts at verse 12. Listen to this. While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when Jesus saw, he fell on, when he, Jesus, when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Listen to that. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand. Look at this. And touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he charged him to tell no one but to go and show, go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing. Moses commanded for a proof to them. But now even more report about him spread abroad, for great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places to pray. Think of this for a second. How many times have you blown it, been in a difficult spot, had something imposing on your life that you had no control over, and you're like, if God just showed up, if I could just talk to, to, to God, if I could just talk to Jesus, I think, first of all, you got to see here that Jesus is willing if you, in the quietness of your life, those things that you'd be mortified if other people knew about you and said, I feel so dirty, I feel so unclean, I feel so, 
And in that moment, you wouldn't even turn to Jesus because of the shame that you're feeling. If you really knew Jesus the way that Luke is trying to help you to know him, you'd realize that you can go up to him and say, Lord, if you're willing, you can, you can heal me, please. And I just put this out to some of you this morning that if you're in a spot where you're overwhelmed with uncleanliness, shame, guilt, perversity, addiction, whatever it might be, uh, gossip, different strokes for different folks, and you can't seem to get rid of it, you can't seem to get a grip on it, if you just turn to Jesus and say, Lord, if you're willing, please, you'll hear him say, of course I'm willing, be healed. But here's what I love about Luke. Luke is a doctor. And it does, he is the only one that records this. It says that he touched him. See, action says do, but compassion says touch. I remember a friend of mine who uh, worked in New York City, and he used to say sometimes as he traveled the country, you could just get this aura. And this isn't our church at all. We have people in all different stages of life. But he would say that, you know, sometimes you get this aura off of the church that says, I love you. I love you. Just don't sit next to me. And I'm proud to say that that's anything but who you are. But I think it's important right from the beginning, Luke, before he sets up the next stage, he, he's trying to show us things about Jesus's willingness to heal us, Jesus's willingness to help us. And I think the first thing we should see is, is that he's willing. And the second thing that this this miracle of the, the leper is, is that he's not afraid to touch the disease and the dirt of your life. He's not like, oh, ever see something and you're like, that's disgusting. Like you go, how many of you have gone through your refrigerator post COVID, right? And it doesn't even have to be liquefied lettuce or anything like that. It could be you open up the freezer and you're like, that's been in there way too long and I am not cooking it and nor will I feed it to anyone or anything, you know? And it's, Jesus doesn't look at you in your, your gross state and say, to be healed and go your way. He touched him. He touched him. And that's what Serve Our City is all about. It's not just chucking sandwiches and blankets and coats at the homeless. It's having conversations with people. It's laying hands on people and praying for them right where they're at. And this church is filled with so many of you who have come from the street to the seat and Jesus changed your life and you are not the same person. I was so blessed, Elsa, to watch you up here praising God, knowing, knowing your story. Seriously. That's, that's what Jesus does. He changes us, right? That's not even what I'm preaching about. And you're like, oh my goodness, Pastor Paul, you just never stop talking. Yep. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to read this for you, and then we're going to do a fun little thing. Actually, I saw PK in here. I don't know if Oriana's here. I saw Sierra, but friends of mine that go back years and years. The last time I saw this illustration, I stole it. I'm stealing an illustration, but all of the words that come out of my mouth, I don't want to credit to the person who did it because I'm just my own person. I'm crazy. But uh it happened years ago with a guy named John Garlock, who was the uh, president of Christ for the Nations, when he, when he talked about lowering the guy through the roof. So listen to this. This is the story. Now we pick up after we see Jesus is willing. He's not afraid to touch the, the, the things in our life that are unclean. But then it says in verse 17, on one of those days, as he was teaching Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there, 
who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. So notice, like he's in Capernaum and he's got people coming from all over the country. It's about the size of Jersey. And so he's got people coming from the temple. He's got, he's got experts in the law. He's got Bible college professors coming. He's got theologians. He's got well-known famous pastors sitting in there along with every single other person. All of them have access to Jesus. And it says that the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing in a bed, on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus, but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemy? How can who can forgive sins but God alone? And when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise and walk? But that you might know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately he rose before them, picked Picked and picked up what he had been lying on and went home glorifying God. And amazement seized them and all, they glorified God and were filled with awe saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. I love how Mark's gospel says it. It, it comes out cleaner. It says, it says, we've never seen anything like this. This is insane. This is crazy. So here's what I need to do. I need four victims, I mean volunteers, right? So I'm going to pick them out. Uh, I'm going to ask Lucas to come on up here. Sorry about that. I just saw, I'm going to actually grab my son, Ethan, too. And uh, then uh, we got two more. Okay, I'll take the, the young lady there on the end. Why don't you come on up? And then one other person. I need a lady, actually. A lady. Okay, yeah, come on up. The two of you. Yeah, come on, girls. All right. Here we go. Do we have a registered nurse in the building? Is there anyone who's an RN or an LPN? Uh, Elsa, you're getting certified as a nurse. Come on up here. Yeah, come on. Come on. You got to do it. All right. So here we go. We, get, we need a nurse for this, right? So we're going to reenact the uh, lowering of the individual through the roof. We're going to do it. So uh, Ethan, why don't you get on this end? And then Lucas, why don't you get on this end? And then one of the ladies, come on over here to this string. Here, we got to get this centered for the camera. It's all camera shot. You got us? You can keep this tight. All right, so uh, Barbie, we're going to use Barbie. We've got Ben and Ken. Okay, so we got uh, Ben. And of course, Ken's got a mustache and beard on like you. He's taking all that hair growth stuff. And then, of course, we've got Veronica. Hello. Yeah. Anybody know the other name of like one of her Barbie friends? What? Minch? Midge? Okay, we got Midge. She works at Pizza Hut and she needs some lessons on uh, decent dressing, but you know, you can just totally take that. That's it. We've got a nurse here in case anything happens because we might have to like, you know, do CPR on Barbie, right? So that's why you're here. And so here's what we need to do. We're going we're gonna to put Barbie right on this. 
And you guys are going to have to do what this guy, these four people did for their friend. They went up on the roof and they lowered G, this guy down to Jesus. And Barbie's like, oh my God, she's going to hear my hair too. It's going to be perfect every day. And so like, I don't know what Barbie needs from Jesus, but like, um, we're going to give it a shot. So if you could give a drum roll. Here it goes. You get the whole point of this is to, oh man. Nurse, could you make sure she's okay? Set her back there. Good. All right. Praise the Lord. Here we go. Work together. One more time. Oh, definite brain damage to Barbie right there. We'll try it just one more time. Slow. Together. Oh, okay. Slowing together. Lower Barbie back down to Jesus. Without brain damage, she can't, she doesn't have much to afford to lose there. Okay, so here we go. Thank you guys. God bless you. You can't keep these because they're mine and I love them playing with them. Um, all right. Now I'm going to order pizza from Pizza Hut. It's kind of, do you see the resemblance? All right. Why do I do that? Because I'm handicapped by natural immaturity. Um, you know what's amazing about that miracle? It didn't happen unless the word together was working. Don't get me wrong with this statement because uh, we've had, online church has been a great thing. There have been people who, there was one woman who started attending online. She was very generous. It was in a time where finances were really, really tight. And all of a sudden, we, there was this blessing coming into the church. And I was like, who is this? And it was a woman that was living in Groveland had just moved there. And she said, I, I haven't gone back to church yet. And I'm about to try and transition to a new church. But I've been attending online. And so I wanted to give my giving in your direction. And we were like, thank you. You know, we really appreciated that. And then she contacted us and said, you know what? I'm, I'm vaccinated. I feel better now. So now I'm going to a church local to me. And we were like, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. You see, online is good because especially, how many of you have, remember those times as moms with kids and one of them was sick or two of them was sick or you were, you were just like, things were going crazy and you're like, I just can't do this. And church becomes a place that you, you actually can't stand to go to because you're overwhelmed, not because you don't like church or you don't, you don't enjoy people, but there are hard seasons in our life. And that's what online church is for. If you're sick, that's what online church is for. But there's something different about coming together that has been lost in the pandemic that we've forgotten that this thing called the church means that I have something that you don't and you have something that we don't. And when it makes it complete is when we all come together in Jesus and we offer our gifts to him. That man never had a shot to get to Jesus unless somebody said, hey, let's get together and help out our friend. Now, this is kind of neat. This is just my geeky side doing this, but I found something here. You ever hear that, that verse where it says, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head? And you can reverse that, because I know it's actually, I just flipped it backwards, dyslexia. So, But what's interesting is Mark's gospel in this story shows that Jesus had a home. Listen to this. And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home, literally in the Greek, it says that he was in the house of his. And in English, we flip it and we say, Jesus was in his house. 
In other words, what Jesus is saying, like, if you're looking for a perfect acreage to live and die your life and never be willing to let that get disrupted with me maybe drawing you over here or doing that over there, you've got to be willing to take risks for the kingdom. But Jesus had a home. Praise, bless that little kid's heart. Stop hurting that child. (laughs) Sorry. So Jesus, Jesus had a home, sorry. And we never saw them again at church. (laughs) Jesus had a home. I always think about that. And I always wondered why in this story when they rip up the roof, why that guy's not like knocking people around saying, get off my roof. It's because it was Jesus's place. And they lower that friend. It's not, it's bad enough the guy is crippled, but if they didn't work together, then their friend would have had another problem on their hands. Maybe, maybe it had head trauma or crushed his lungs or something. But somehow they just, they have this idea in their head that if we just get him to Jesus, he'll heal him. And sometimes I have these moments of faith where God just kind of puts this confidence, this self-assurance inside of me, and I just go for it, and God does things. It's like, you just know that you know that you know. You know, a lot of people are like, the Lord told me, and it's like, you're kind of like, what? Do you, do you have like a cell phone number? You, you're always saying the Lord told you, but, but there's something about it where you know it's an idea in your head. It's a thought in your head. It's a concept in your heart. You just know it's just so beyond you, and you just know that you know that you know. That's that kind of faith where you're like, this is it. But then there's sometimes where you just don't have enough faith for that thing, but somehow when another friend comes next to you and another person hears about it and another person hears about it, somehow one person in that group of four gets together and says, I got an idea. If we work together, we can totally lower this friend, and if he just gets to Jesus, he won't be getting dragged around by us anymore. He'll be walking with us. Somebody's like, oh my goodness, you are absolutely right. And then someone's like, well, I'll hold the rope. I mean, we all have different levels of faith, don't we? But some of the greatest things happen when we come together, when we do things together, when we merge our faith together. Because in Proverbs, it says, he who isolates himself seeks his own desire. Sometimes we can get locked in a corner, locked in a space in our head and our heart where the longer we're with ourselves, the, 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 the further away from God we feel. And that's why we need each other. That's why you need people in your life. That's why you need to go out for coffee with somebody, share your story, show where Jesus showed up, and ask, hey, where are those places in your life where you're hoping God shows up because it's pretty bleak? And what are the good things that are happening in your life. And we build each other up because it happens when we do it together. And maybe your budget is Starbucks. Maybe your budget is Dunkin' Donuts. And then again, we all can afford a cup of Folgers instant coffee. But we're called to do it together. And that's when those great things happen. And this is, this is just crazy. They just, all of the Gospels talk about it. They brought him, lying on a bed, opened, made an opening. 
I'm deciding what I'm going to, this is kind of like what a house would look like in Israel. And to be honest with you, uh, I'm just going to skip over some of that stuff because that's makes more sense in Israel than me talking to you about it. But this is the part that I want, why I read what I did before. Some of us, we kind of get an idea, hey, if we get together and we pray for this person, or if we get together and we work together on this thing, or if we get together and we whatever, the problem is, is that some of us are wondering, I just don't know if God would help. You see, I'm in the problem I got in because of my own stupidity. Or you don't understand if I were ever to go from lifting my hands in church and singing those great songs and, you know, coming into church community, if I ever shared with anybody the things that I'm struggling with, you'd be so grossed out, you wouldn't want anything to do with me. Well, I can't speak for everyone. I, I don't think that's a community that we are online or in person, but I could tell you what, Luke answers the question of how Jesus feels about it. He says, I'm willing. Can you get in arm's reach of me? Can you come just close enough? But there are some points and sometimes where you just can't, and that's where together matters. People say, you know what? If you can't bring Jesus to the guy, we're going to bring the guy to Jesus. And they just rip away, and they lower it down. And this is the beautiful part of this message. This is a game changer for my life, and I'm hoping it is one for you. And it's really found in the words of Jesus. When he says, hey, he looks at him and he says, your sins are forgiven. And everybody's like, who does he I mean, the word's not fully out on Jesus yet. Jesus hasn't even got the word fully out on himself. They just know that this guy is being used by God. As far as they're concerned, he's just like a new great man of God doing great things, maybe a prophet. He hasn't even fully um, made it known who he is, what he's about to do. So now they're looking at him and they're saying, wait a second, you can't just go around and just throw that around flippantly. Like, how do you know you're going to forgive him? What if he... What if he what if he doesn't want to change his life? You can't just say that. And what do you, what do you do? And it says, Jesus, knowing and perceiving their thoughts, he looked at him and he said, man, your sins are forgiven. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, who is it who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sin except God alone? And when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, why do you question in your hearts, which is easier, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise and walk? but that you might know that the Son of Man has the power to forgive sins on earth. I tell you, pick up your mat, rise, and walk. You see, the world says, you made your bed, now sleep in it. Jesus says, pick up your bed and walk in holiness, in health, in hope. And the truth is, right here in this room, that there are some of you that would think it would be easier for Jesus to heal a cripple than for him to forgive you of your sins. What's easier? For God to say your sins are forgiven? Or to say to a cripple, pick up your mat, rise, and walk? And yet in our hearts, we say, if they just knew, if, if if anybody knew 
oh, my life would be ruined. I've, after being of years in ministry now, and being in years of teaching in a Bible college, and being in years of working in a church, what's amazing privilege that God has given my wife and I is that we find when some people outside of our community and also inside our community hit really low points in their life, and they just, they blow it. They don't know what direction is safe, and they come back to us. We've called this our couch talks. We're like, if we ever write a book, we're going to write a book called Couch Talks, where they sit down in our living room. And we're, we're going to actually start a podcast on just random topics for the church called Couch Talks. But the Couch Talks my wife and I own are precious. They're private. They've changed people's lives. Where they look and they say, there's no hope for me. And we're like, oh, yes, there is. And you begin to unpack things with people. You see, a miracle, and especially with this one that happened in Capernaum in Jesus's living room, wouldn't have happened unless other people played the part of being in relationship with that man. Just recently, there's someone who I know of that was sick, severely sick for several days. It wasn't until their boss found out that they weren't showing up that the fire and police department went into the home and found out that that person was there and was severely sick with COVID and brought them to get cared for and just keeping that, you know, things confidential and private. But, but I just thought, like, if I disappeared or you disappeared, how long would it take before somebody noticed you were missing? I need to be needed. I want to be wanted. I love to be loved. But we all need to be missed. But that can't happen unless we're putting ourselves out in relationship. You know what that requires? Being vulnerable. And this is where I come back over and over again. And I say, some of you, you just need to find somebody in the community and take a step beyond just showing up to church and just say, hey, let's get together for coffee or let's get together for whatever, you know, a play date, whatever. Sit down, share your story, share how Jesus changed your life, and put that back on the other person and say, hey, where do you need God's help and hope in your life? Where do you see God's blessing in your life? And pray with each other. And it, that's like taking a rope and lowering that person down. Can we talk about depression for a second? Right? Real quick, in this room, how many of you during the time of COVID, whether it was because you were in isolation or you went through a difficult situation, just throwing your hand up and down real, real quick, Ready? You, you struggled with depression during COVID. And yet how long people in isolation, it's just we were meant, the best miracles in our life happen when we do them together. It's really that simple. And ask the band to come up. And what's the point of this? The point of this is, is that if we would just see that God already sees those things in your life that you say to yourself, if people only knew, they would say, gross. And Jesus would say, all right, I see you're gross, and I raise you a touch. If we would just see that we need relationship with others different than us, and that church is a place where we need to be in community with each other, and, and really the initiative and the success of that is really individually on each of us to take that step and to make that happen. 
But it's when those miracles happen, God does great things. Here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to just be true to what is taught in this scripture verse. And this morning, I would like to say to you, whatever it is, whether it's a struggle with a sin, whether it's a struggle with depression and doubting if God even loves you, or you're here and they say, we're sorry, you have terminal cancer and we can't fix it. Or they've said, you've got a 60% success rate. Or they say, your new bottom level is going to continue going until eventually this is permanent. Whether you're here physically, you know what's great is that a few weeks ago when we talked about demon possession, it's not talked about in here. Not all sickness is demon possession. Sometimes it's mixed, but that's not what we're talking about here. It's, it's, it's genuine struggle. We need each other. And so I'm kind of slim on leaders here, but I'm just going to ask for those of you, whether you've been in leadership in the past, Pat, I'd even say, or uh, any of you have been here, you're currently in leadership, if you'd come up here, we're going to pray for people. And we're going to pray that God would bless you. Junior, come on up. Some of you, I, I, instead of me just shouting your name up, if you'd just rise and come and pray with people. There's a wonderful couple that's here. I don't mean to put you on the, the spot, Missarians, but if you'd come up. If there's a couple, you're here, and you, you're saying, man, I need someone to pray with me for my marriage. This is just a precious, precious couple who is like a big brother and big sister to me. They, they will do it. Charity, you want somebody to pray for you? You got a desperate need? She could do it. You got a struggle with addiction? Jane's here every Friday night praying with people. It may be beyond hope, but it's not beyond Jesus. And we do it together. We do it together. So as, the, as musicians play, next move's yours. That you'd get up from where you're at and come forward, and please don't think it's too small to be prayed for. And you'd find somebody here and pray with them and let Jesus do his thing. Amen? Together. Let's do it together. Go ahead.
What a great sense of God's presence here today. I feel really mellow, just I don't know why, but um, Jesus is willing. What's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or get up and rise and walk. But that you might know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sin. Your sin's forgiven. Your sin is forgiven. Your sin is forgiven. Sometimes the hardest part of forgiveness is forgiving ourselves because of the responsibility we bear with that. Just remind yourself of the Jesus who touches the leper and who knows that it's as hard for you to believe that a paralyzed person could walk than to believe that he could easily forgive your sins, but he does. He loves you. You're forgiven. You're free. You're loved by God. And uh, we look forward to a great week. I saw Joe Cady in the foyer. If somebody could just grab him real quick. I don't mean to embarrass him. I know he loves the spotlight. Um, you know, he's like, am I in trouble? Am I in trouble? Joe Cady, uh, uh, I have stood in awe of your Brussels sprouts that have appeared every single time we have like a church gathering. And every time I go to get to the Brussels spouts, they're gone. You guys are greedy, okay? But in honor of that, I went just yesterday, I'll give it to you down here, but I went just yesterday and went out of my way to get the Brussels sprouts, caramelized Brussels sprouts at, at uh, Longhorn Steakhouse. And just to give you the, the, the Brussels sprout award for most outstanding Brussels sprouts in church gatherings. Thank you. Give it up. Chef Boyardee. What does that have to do with spirituality and Christianity? Absolutely nothing. Um, but we just did it anyway. Hey, listen, go in the grace of God. Band is going to jam it out. Those of you that are going to Israel, if you would quickly meet with me in the prayer room, I have something for you to pack and uh, get ready. We're going to have a great time. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday. Thank you for being with us today. Be sure to listen to all our messages on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And follow us on ne-cc.org for all information and updates. Thank you. God bless. Have a great day.